must be Ryder. I'm Amnit Dozeal. Your welcome here is an ally of the Angara. I appreciate the warm welcome. It's a joke. To break the ice? Get it? Warm welcome? Ice? Kill me now. Wigwam, me bread bins, and welcome to the latest installment of Laps Gamer Radio, probably the best podcast you'll have heard in the last 30 seconds. I'm Mark Hamer on the Fentimans tonight, and joining me tonight are Stuart Neal on the whiskey and Kev Moore on the port, as per usual. Good evening, gents. Good evening. Chin chin. <laughs> so, um, before we move into the meat potatoes of this episode, let's have a little look at what evil advertisers have been managed to mug us into buying. Uh, this week, either downloaded or physical, or well, literally physical in Kev's case. Yeah. Uh, in the price is just about right. Woo! Kev, start us off. What you bought? I've gone out and finally bought an Xbox One S this week, which is a weird one. Hmm. Mm. Um, it dropped in price yet again this weekend at CEX, and I'd got some vouchers burning a hole in my pocket. So I thought, well, when it comes to it actually costing me £88, well, just a shade over, then it's not worth ignoring, really. It's a no-brainer, yeah. Yeah, it's a really great thing. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I've only bought it as a 4K Blu-ray player anyway, because um, still no sign of that ever happening with a PlayStation 4 anytime soon. And mm. no, and like it's a couple of hundred quid cheaper than buying a standalone 4K player. So, and it's a pretty good player as well. After I'd got everything installed, because the Blu-ray player isn't actually there when you open it up out of the box, <laughs> which is a weird move. So I still won't be using an Xbox for playing games. It's just basically to play media. Mm. Uh, it's got some decent media features on it. It's got the um, BBC iPlayer and stuff like that. Stuff you'd expect, really. And then thanks to Ali, because I was whining all weekend, um, he's said to me today that you can actually use a Logitech Harmony remote control with it. <laughs> I've had one sat on my living room table for the last God knows how many years. <laughs> so just... Added that to it, and yeah, works perfectly right through. Excellent. It is really weird that there isn't a 4K Blu-ray drive in in the the PS4 Pro. Uh, I, I can understand why they wouldn't have put it in like the original, but in the original version of the PS4. But like, it doesn't seem like a stretch that they would put it in the Slim and the Pro, considering that like, yeah, last generation the PS3 was the best and cheapest. Blu-ray player for quite a while. Oh, years. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, it, yeah. Well, it, it started off as the cheapest, but then prices dropped. But it was still like one of the best ones for a good while. And like when the PS2 first came out, it was the cheapest way to get a DVD player um, mm. for a good while. It's, yeah, yeah. Just, it seems a bit dumb, and it's like the the, the PS4 Pro will output um, streamed video at 4K, and they've just updated the uh, media player so that you can pl- like play 4K video. <laughs> Yeah. from like a USB drive or something like that through the media player but like the fact that it's missing that drive is just weird bonkers Real, yeah, yeah bonkers <laughs> in the immortal words of Dizzy Rascal it is bonkers <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that Sony are maybe thinking that you know physical media and what have you it's time is coming to a close at least certainly with the, with the streaming services and what have you um, possibly mm. them being upgraded to 4K and what have you in the future but it's nice to have that option of course it is yeah yeah it doesn't make a lick of sense to me I don't <laughs> don't get it but uh, here, well, there you go I, to be honest, I don't use the media functions on my uh, on any of my consoles anymore since I've got a smart TV. So, mm-hmm. but it would be nice to have a 4K Blu-ray drive. I'd actually start buying 4K Blu-rays. But yeah. me and you have both got the same well, the same range of smart TV, haven't we? Yeah. We've both got Samsung one mm-hmm. at, at uh, Christmas. Yeah, and um, it's weird because this is one thing that again Xbox are just really dropping the ball with. Um, the HDMI uh, will send all the control functions through to the PS4, yeah. no problem. So I can actually operate my PS4 quite happily with my little TV remote. Mm-hmm. And yet the Xbox, I've still got to pick up a different remote for it. Just a, a minor niggle. Does your TV, like, when I turn on, uh, when you turn on your Xbox One S, does it turn your TV on? No. Right. And yet the PS4 does. Yeah. 
the, my PS4 and my <laughs> Switch both turn on the TV if I turn yeah. them on. It's Microsoft that never really fit with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, uh, yes. what has been your price is just about right bargain? I, after not or not holding on to my Switch and then eventually getting Breath of the Wild um, sent out to me via Amazon, mm-hmm. I then realised that um, that Breath of the Wild uses every amiibo. Every single amiibo, yeah. <laughs> yep. Every single amiibo gives you loot, including all the Animal Crossing cards. Yep. So after finding this out and finding out that Smith's Toys were doing a deal on quite a few of their amiibos at mm. £5 each, yeah. I might have went a little bit daft (laughs) (laughs) my amiibo collection has now went up 700 percent jesus (laughs) so you bought seven i bought seven yes (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so what i got was i got uh, animal crossing and the amiibo festival box which gives you two actual physical amiibos plus three amiibo cards I mm-hmm. got the Wii version of Skylander Supercharged, which includes a Bowser amiibo, which also then doubles as a Skylander. I picked up the uh, Donkey Kong Superchargers figure, uh, which again doubles as an amiibo. Uh, that was a fiver. And then for the actual uh, amiibos themselves, I picked up Marth, Waddle Dee, and the Me Gunner. So all in, that cost me £33. That's uh, not bad. That's, so that's not bad. That's Animal Crossing, a Skylanders game for my son, who has a fair range of Skylanders anyway. And mm. then basically seven amiibos out of it, plus three cards, mm. uh, all in for £33. Skylanders was an absolute bargain because it was the starter pack and it cost me a fiver. That's an awful lot of Breath of the Wild swag you've got there. Yeah. It does. It takes me a fair amount of time just logging them in. I'm <laughs> yeah. still on the lookout for some Zelda ones. I will be scouting in London whenever I'm over to try and pick up at least one or two, hopefully Zelda-related ones, uh, to try and get the better loot. But at least all of those give you food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they all give you... Like, all of mine, I've, I've got one Zelda um, amiibo. I've got uh, Sheik. Uh, just the, mm. the Smash for the Sheik amiibo. But then I don't have any others. But yeah, all of them give, like, uh, food ingredients which is always handy and the chic one will drop like some food ingredients and then a chest which will usually have like a decent weapon in it um but yeah i I really want to get the adult link uh amiibo from smash brothers because uh, i think that's the one that gives gets you a pona Yep, that's the one. That's yeah. the one I've got. Yay! Yeah. That's the one. Actually, my wife got me for Christmas. Oh, nice! Uh, which is really nice. Damn it, I've got Cartoon Link. Shit! <laughs> <laughs> I did see Ganon was available for a fiver from Smith Toys as well, but um. <laughs> for twenty seconds. Yeah, I literally <laughs> went down that full list um, of the stores and what have you, and could not find one close to me that had it in stock. Uh-huh. I also noticed during that um, they had dropped down the Twilight Princess HD Amiibo box uh, down to £15 and whoever got that are just jammy buggers so they are (laughs) that was an absolute steal the uh, Twilight Princess uh, Wolf uh, Link Amiibo will get you uh, uh, will basically spawn a wolf in game that will follow you around Mm. yeah a little companion wolf that's used for battles and things like that yeah which is uh, awesome. Yep. So that that's the wolf one is probably the one I'm really looking for. Um, but yeah, yeah, any of the others, um, particularly Sheik and what have you, and even Ganondorf I'd take as well. For just like the way that they look, I really, really want uh, Link on the horseback from Breath of the Wild and the um, the Guardian. It's got poseable arms. Really? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, brilliant. <laughs> the really good thing about the Link, um, or at least Le- Legend of Zelda Amiibos, is the fact that then I also have Hyrule Warriors. Um, so they all oh. actually work with that as well and give oh, me bonuses yeah, yeah. and things in that. So that's another good reason to try and get all of them as well. As if there weren't already enough good I reasons. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's another shelf of tat. (laughs) (laughs) I know. As for the other things that I've bought, um, they're as part of the Nintendo rewards thing. Obviously, if you spend some platinum coins, one have you usually get a little bit of a discount on some of the digital games on the Wii U eShop. So I had some expiring, so I dropped those and got Noitu Love Devolution, um, which is a little sort of. 8-bit styled um, platforming shooter. Mm. Um, I haven't actually had a go at it yet, um, but I thought for 
getting a little bit of a discount and what have you and using up some of the platinum coins which were going to expire anyway um i thought that wasn't too bad and the last thing i dropped some money on was the squeenix spring surprise bundle Ooh. which is 9.99 it includes it definitely includes just cause three Mm-hmm. Get in, and will include three other titles, um, which are to be announced somewhere between the twenty eighth and the thirtieth um, of March. Uh, so at the minute, it's kind of still looking at a pre order, but you definitely get just cause three for a tenner, which is still a good deal. Um, it's awesome. Yep. So I'm waiting for that to drop and see what else I get. Chances are, I probably will have most of the three titles, um, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> Yeah. So that's all that took mine. Fair enough. Mark, what have you been getting? Uh, not a lot, really, actually. Uh, I, um, well, I had some PSN credit, uh, thanks to the fine gentleman over at um, Codec Moments, because I won uh, Codec Momentum Yay. last month. Yay. So, yeah, that's sitting there burning a hole in my digital wallet. Uh, I noticed that uh, the Sony's going mad with the sales recently on, on, uh, on mm. PS4. It's like they've gone mm-hmm. from having, like, one big sale every now and then to having like three or four sales on the go constantly. Um, so is it becoming a bit like MFI these days? Yeah, DFS got a sale on every week, haven't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, they're, they're slowly edging towards the Steam model. I don't know what it's like on Xbox, but uh, I imagine that they're going to—they'll probably start doing the same sort of thing. Uh, but there's, there's games on sale all the time, and they have like deals of the week and whatnot. But um, I was perusing down the sale for like digital-only titles, uh, and I noticed uh, there were a few games in there that I fancy getting. So I bought. Um, uh, Inside and Oxenfree, a couple of like indie darling games from last year, uh, mm. and the pair of them cost me a tenner. So that's not bad at all. Uh, my uh, free PSN credit disappeared on those straight away. So I, I haven't played either <laughs> of them yet because I've just got such a colossal amount of gaming on the go at the moment. But sat on the PS4 waiting for when I take when I've got a little bit of break is uh, Inside and uh, Oxenfree particularly looking forward to playing Oxenfree because um, the way that conversations are handled in Oxenfree because it's sort of like um, you, you have the choices pop up but you the, the choices will pop up not when one character's finished speaking but part way through so you can kind of like interrupt and like stop the flow of the conversation and then the characters will the, 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 the way that the characters will respond to what you say takes into account the fact that you've cut them off and they'll be like they may go back to what they were saying and it's just it's just the way the conversations are handled that game looks very flowing and a little bit more realistic than they are in even something like a Telltale game. Uh, so okay. yeah, looking forward to, to playing yeah, them. I have that sitting downloaded and ready on my Steam account as well. Of course you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was one of the ones that I was, I am hoping to try and get played during 2017 hmm. uh, whenever I was going through sort of a list of games that I would like to get played. So yes, it'll be interesting to talk to you later in the year about that. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to play both that and, and Inside uh, as soon as I've cleared. It's just, just so many games out at the moment and still one more to come out before I can mm. even think about taking a break. But yeah, that's all I've bought in the last couple of weeks. That's not too bad. We have done well. Toasty! Okay, moving on to what we've been playing over the last uh, week or so. I noticed none of us have put down Zelda. Can we just take it as read that we all have played it? <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> we have all been playing it, but at this point it's like, what more is there to say? So, without mentioning Zelda... Uh, Stu, what have you been playing? I have been playing a couple of games. The first one uh, has been Mini Mario and Friends, which is a downloadable puzzle game on the Wii U. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing this mostly because I now have a Donkey Kong and Bowser Amiibo. Uh, the game is free and works with them, and obviously any of the Mario-related Amiibos actually unlock certain areas based on that character. I thought I'd heard of this. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've played played it as well, yeah. Yeah, it's certainly well worth looking at, particularly if you do have at least one or two um of the Mario Amiibos. <laughs> Dozens. Is it just yeah. the core ones or cuz I've got like I've got Donkey Kong but then I've also got Waluigi and Wario. Um I think it might be there's Toad, Peach, um there's Bowser Jr., Rosalina, uh, certainly Mario, Luigi, yeah. Um I would say there's a good lot of them. Um Toad and everything should um open up little levels and it's really nice because the little levels are actually there's at least two or three I think levels per character each and each of them is actually themed so for Donkey Kong um, you're actually flying about the level being blasted out by barrels um, and for Bowser and what have you it seems to be sort of um, more sort of fire related and things like that 
So as a little freebie and for using an amiibo, um, you do need an amiibo of some description um, to actually unlock it or at least activate it. But any amiibo will do and will actually get you sort of the base levels um, that you can sit and play through. It's an enjoyable little thing. There's a little bit of strategy to it. Uh, getting through each of the levels basically um, they are sort of side scrolling or even vertically scrolling ones and what have you and you make little bridges but obviously you only have so many units of bridges that you can use in any particular level um, so you have to try and get to the exit of the level using whatever bridges that you have and you can obviously destroy bridges and then rebuild things and uh, take different paths through and there's a couple of little collectibles and coins and things so there's a little bit of score chasing and what have you as well a thoroughly enjoyable little game um, as I say just a little freebie as well that an awful lot of people don't either know about or even talk about I'd never even uh, heard of it yeah it's well worth having a wee look at so it is hmm. I'm sure it comes on the um, dashboard when you open up the Wii U uh, or is well, it just me? I just download everything that's free. I, I yeah, can't yeah, remember. It's just, just you, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fine then. <laughs> I haven't seen it pop up. I was going to say I don't turn on my Wii U anymore, but I did actually the other day. <gasps> yeah. I'll talk about it in a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other one that I've been playing has been the next in the Rusty Lake uh, series, which is called Rusty Lake the Cave. <laughs> Yeah, it's not Rusty Lee. It's not uh, Rusty Yeah, I know. I got really confused. <laughs> it's just your age in the port, we know. Absolutely. Uh, so Rusty Lake is, they are a series of mostly free games. There's a couple of paid for ones and they all have their own sort of little, um, their own little stories in each of the games, but they all go along with and sort of add to the mythology um, that they appear to be sort of building up. Um, within it, it all sort of revolves around a family and their sort of heritage and um, sort of siblings and what have you. And they're sort of little puzzle games, uh, little almost like point and click puzzle games that work really well on mobile. They all uh, the free games that are on mobile are also free on their website, so you can actually just play them on a computer if you want to. Hmm. And as I say, they're free, they're thoroughly enjoyable. The two paid for ones are a good bit longer, have a bit more depth to them, and uh, are certainly well worth paying for, as it's usually only a couple of pounds for them as well. Um, I think I extolled the virtues of them last year whenever I was playing through them. I think I played through the first nine free ones um, fairly quickly. Uh, just because they were so enjoyable and sort of fairly quick to get through anyway, but they're just really nice, enjoyable uh, little puzzle games. The last game then that I've been playing has been a recent release, actually it came out on last Tuesday. It is called Troll and I. It is by Spiral House, and um, I can't remember who publishes it. Um, this is a game Kevin I saw and were talking to the developers of at EGX, and out of the blue, um, over last weekend, uh, one of the developers actually got in contact with me. Um, obviously, we've made enough of an impression on him at EGX and asked if we fancied a code. So I said yes, <laughs> and they sorted <laughs> us. They very nicely sorted us out with a code for the game, and I have been playing. A little bit of it. Now for the, a little bit of downside to it is the fact that Troll and I wants to be so much more and is easily comparable to a lot of games that have come out recently but it isn't just quite as good as it could have been. What we saw at EGX was seemed to be a thoroughly polished and near enough finished version um, but something has either not quite happened to sort of finish the, that polish off and the game itself is a little bit janky uh, to say uh. it nicely, just a little bit I still enjoy it, I have put two hours or so into it um, but it just needs a couple of little tweaks which may or may not come out in patches in the future. The basic story is it is 1953 and there is a troll in a Scandinavian forest um, that hunters are after. You play as a young boy called Otto whose village and possibly mother have been killed um, after sort of a the troll hunters went a little bit daft and have started trying to um, basically um, laying waste to anything in their path or accidentally um, or exploding bombs and things um, so you run away from the village and which was on fire and what have you and then you run into the troll so the story is that for whatever reason there's troll hunters after the troll 
But whatever other activity or whatever has been going on in the region, cracks have been forming um, between sort of parallel universes and sort of little ogres or something or other, whatever they're called, have been starting to break through um, sort of cracks in the um, yeah, cracks in reality, I suppose is the best way of putting it. So, that sounds like Doncaster on a Saturday night. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is there many trolls in Doncaster? No, let's not. Yes. No, yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> let's not go down that way. Um, <laughs> so the, it, the game itself is very reminiscent of something like either Ico or even Shadow of the Colossus. Um, there's a little bit of... Oh, I'm trying to think of games where you sort of switch in between uh, different people and to do different things. Um, obviously, the troll has different abilities than Otto has, and um, it's going to be very much compared to things that have recently come out, things like Nier Automata and um, Breath of the Wild, and even going back, as I say, to Igo and Shadow of the Colossus. And it's enjoyable, but it just has just a wee bit too many flaws. I have read some reviews that have been absolutely scathing about it, and um, giving it things like 2 out of 10 and even 4s out of 10. Ooh, um, wow. <clears throat> one of the nicer reviews that I did see about it, give it 6.5 out of 10, um, which I think was on Forbes.com, and sort of acknowledged the flaws, but realised that there is a story in the background that they're trying to tell, and with a little bit of tweaking or whatever, could be an awful lot better. Um, it's a little bit sad that it has kind of got to this stage because at the stage of EGX and what have you, and even at E3, it had sort of won a couple of sort of critics' awards for being, you know, a clever new IP and everything uh, that looked very, very promising. But it just hasn't worked out that way. And it'll be interesting to find out the story behind it um, if we ever actually hear more about it and I'm hoping that it hasn't necessarily had too much of a negative impact on the studio um, because we after doing a little bit of research and what have you about Spiral House uh, found out that they have worked on so many games um, over the past well, nearly so t- many good games yeah over nearly the past two decades um, mm. so it would seem a real shame and I'm just wondering if there has been maybe a little bit of publisher pushing to maybe try and get this out a little bit sooner than it was ready for or you know, um, without decent testing, mm. what have you happening mm. to it? The other problem I think with the game is the fact that it has come out as a full price. We are talking forty pounds for this. Um, it is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, obviously on the PC, and is coming out on the Switch at some stage in the future as well. And it's slated for December on Switch. All oh, right, so that's a good bit away then. So it is. Yeah. Now, whether that's because they're trying to sort out the controls, I don't know. Because if you remember when we played it together, yep, um, it's, it was a two-player game. Yeah. So you know, it might be quite something on the Switch because obviously, if they can sort it, sort it out so that you detach both your Joy Cons and each person has a Joy Con, mm-hmm. that might be quite a phenomenal title for it. Yep, that could be a really good one as well. The fact that it's a nice um, split screen and what have you, and it was designed yeah. primarily as a local co-op game as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, we loved it, didn't we? Yeah, we really enjoyed it. And even speaking to Bobby and uh, the rest of the team there, it was um, really great just sitting chatting to them. And mm. um, it was a really enjoyable title. But unfortunately, it just hasn't made the grade um, sort of in the publishing bit of it. So mm. we shall wait and see. And I'm hoping for little patches and what have you that will tweak it. But again, um, it's just a matter of waiting and seeing. And I'd like to hope that it gets a little bit more recognition and hopefully um, some less negative reviews. Um, but I think it'll be up to what happens. Yeah, it probably need a little bit more time in the oven. Yeah. Get rid of some of those bugs. Because uh, that yep. seems to be the general complaint from the reviews I've seen is that it's... Yeah, it's, it's a little bit of... There's no decent... Yeah, there's no decent lock on. Sometimes the attacks feel a little bit off. Um, the camera can feel just a little bit. It's I don't think for a third person game the camera isn't necessarily far back enough, and there's no real way of um, controlling how far away it is from the character that you're controlling. Mm-hmm. Which means sometimes there's a lot of stuff going on that you can't really see. And then I think there's been sort of reports of enemies and things, and a couple of other bugs. Um, so with enemies getting caught in scenery and things like that. I'm mm. making it awkward to then try and clear areas. Doesn't this sound a bit like the first Tomb Raider game to you? Yeah, I suppose that's true, yes. <laughs> um, but a lot of the backgrounds and what have you are lovely, and um, there obviously was an awful lot of time put into it, but just on the testing or whatever, just some of it just seems to be, have been missed um, or not necessarily fixed. 
But that's all the games that I've been playing. Now, if you had to, you know, recommend one of those to a lapse gamer? Um, for a lapse gamer on the go, it would have to be definitely Rusty Lake. It's free, it works mm. really nicely on mobile, and um, once you've played one of them, I dare say you'll probably go on and play um, all of the other free ones and then even look into buying the other ones. Mm. For a quick and free one, just go and you've got a Wii U and some Amiibos lying around doing so nothing. So that's five people. <laughs> yeah, go for Mini Mario. Um, but no, Rusty Lake, um, it definitely has a certain aura about it um, in the way that it's all been sort of put together and the fact that there is the connected um, storyline, even though each little game sits apart as its own little thing, um, they're definitely worth looking at. But remember, kiddies, don't get all confused and start trying to order a Jamaican chef. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just you, Kev. Uh, right, Kev, um... You only appear to have played one game, and it's one that I've played as well, so should we talk about yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely start with that one, I reckon. All right. So what have you been playing? <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing Lego Worlds. Hey! <laughs> yeah. What did you think of it? Well, we differed quite a lot on this, yes. by the looks of it. Yeah. Now, is it, do you reckon it's down to our experience of it? Because I've played it single player mm. and had a really rotten time with it. I've, I enjoyed it for the first... I would say first two or three hours mm. and then it just started to just grind a bit on me and, and um, just annoyed me um, and yet you've been the flip side of it yeah. by the sounds of it well like first to explain to anyone listening who doesn't know what it is it's kind of like a uh, it's a it's going to get compared to Minecraft but and it does have some similarities to Minecraft but it's less intuitive than Minecraft and it's third mm. person for starters uh, it's a lot this very quest based um, but there is, seems to be even more scope to just create wacky shit than there is in Minecraft like there's not <laughs> yeah. the same level of detail like you can't create like electronic circuits and things like that like you can in Minecraft but you can just build nonsense and create chaos you travel through the universe in a lego spaceship and land on planets and the planets are randomly generated um and then you like you get a code for it that you, then you can share with other people and then other people can jump into your world and play with you at the moment you can only have like two people online uh, or two people local split screen but apparently it's going to go up to four people online at some point um so yeah i've played a little bit of this on my own but mostly it's a game that i've got for um playing either online or split screen cop with um with my girlfriend and mm. uh yeah we've been having a quite a lot of fun with it like just doing crazy shit so like the third world the third or fourth world we went to after we started the game was one that was like uh, a candy land it was basically like uh you know in wreck it ralph yeah. uh yeah the the land from the candy racing game it's basically mm. like that it was like pink and yellows and very colourful and, and shit and we were in there did a few little quests and stuff in that world and we were like we need to change this and then proceeded to spend the next 20 minutes or something like that with the uh, spray paint spray cans painting the entire world brown and grey just to eliminate all <laughs> of the colour um, and then you know how like you've got that gun uh, that will you can suck up blueprints of anything you see yes and you can suck up some of the other people that you see in the world um, <laughs> yeah <laughs> we've had great fun like uh went to, we went to one world that was like um a medieval fantasy world yes uh, and then we I just laid waste of that place yeah uh well we i went in there uh, uh with uh, so it was off, i can't remember what the hell she was off doing and i was like um yeah there's something here needs to change so i spawned a bunch of uh, cavemen and pigs <laughs> uh and so then it was like a medieval world uh with like lego dragons and knights uh being attacked by an army of cavemen on the backs of pigs um it's just got such a scope to create utter chaos yeah but there's loads you know in the medieval world mm -hmm. it's got loads of the casks uh under water and in hidden tunnels mm -hmm. and that's the reason i ended up laying waste to it because i had just realised that I was digging out massive hangar-like structures underneath yeah. and it became like the Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a bit carried away. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is like, 
I'm going to pull up one of the news stories that I was going to talk about a little bit later on because it's kind of pertinent to what we're talking about. Uh, something I saw on um, Kotaku earlier today. Uh, so, original Metal Gear Solid, um, Hideo Kojima and his and and and, uh, and the team when they were first like laying out the level design for um, the different areas in Shadow Moses in the first Metal Gear Solid, they did it using Lego blocks. <laughs> and so someone has created perfectly there's a there's a brilliant uh, video a youtube video of it which i will post a link to in the the show notes for this episode um someone has created perfect representation of the uh opening two sections of shadow moses from melt your solid in lego <laughs> worlds and it's fucking brilliant they've got like <laughs> the bit where you swim in and then the underground area was like the um the, the, the big shipping crates uh, and in the Lego character looks a little bit like Solid Snake and he's running around with a tranquilizer gun <laughs> and then you go up a lift and then it's like the open snowy area with the hind D and like the 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 the, the front of the installation behind with like the, the tunnels that you can crawl through and everything and it's just just like the scope for creating either creating like really really well designed stuff or for just creating utter chaos um, is I don't know. It just seems more immediate and more fun to me than uh, than Minecraft did. It's just not as intuitive, and it is it's kind of boring when you're on your own. Yeah, I'll vouch for that. Yeah, once you've actually got a fair way through the quest and you start opening up the planets and just opening up random planets, that's when it really started to tail off for me and I just mm. thought this is getting a bit tedious now and the graphics didn't look as good as no. they do on the last few over the last half a decade mm. no no, so no it's out. not exactly a graphical powerhouse no um, but and it is it's full of graphical glitches especially when you're oh, underground yeah like, there's been some serious graphical glitches uh, when I've been underground, but I don't know. I've had the same with climbing trees as well. Yeah, but uh, I'm enjoying it. I love Peter Serafinowicz's uh, narration. Ah, bless him. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of like, I, I would recommend this game, but, like, it's got caveats. Uh, yes. And, yeah, you, re- you really need to have somebody to experience it with, someone to have fun with. This is a thing I've thought of as well, because um, this is one where you really need to have a second controller, mm-hmm. right? And now we've all... Well, most of us now have got PS4, yeah. you know, out of the crew. I'd love to know just how many of us have actually got a second controller and how much use does that controller get? And, you know, just ask as listeners as well, you know, just... Yeah. Have you got a second controller for yours? Do you use yours? Because I used to have a second controller and got rid of it because it never got any use. Every game I got was a one player. Mm. You know, and it just seems a pointless addition. I've got three. Uh, <laughs> of course you do more. <laughs> no, no, like... Um, just charging in a rotor. <laughs> no, like, um, I bought, like, uh, I had a problem. I had two PS4 controllers for my vanilla PS4, and I was having a problem with one of them. Like, one of them, the trigger didn't work properly, and on the other one, the headset jack wasn't working properly. So when I was playing Battlefield <laughs> with friends online, I had a choice of I can either, I can either communicate with them or I can fire a gun. Uh, one or the other. Couldn't do both, uh, because the, on the one where the headphone jack works, I could actually talk to my teammates. The trigger didn't work properly, so more often than not, you pull the trigger on the gun and nothing would happen. Um, you so, go for the mic, because then at least you can shout and scare them to death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that made Battlefield sessions a bit fun. So uh, then I yeah, I bought one of the um, new re- uh, redone versions of the DualShock uh, 4 controller, and then one yeah. I upgraded to a Pro it came with a, another one of those controllers. Uh, and then I bought that wired um, Narcon Revolution controller a while ago with like the extra buttons on the back so I can uh, perform a little bit better at uh, Titanfall and Overwatch and uh, games like that. Uh, but, like, well, I think, all, yeah, all three get a decent amount of use. The, the, the Narcon gets used every time I'm playing a first-person shooter. Um, and then, like, I'll alternate between the other two controllers because I can play one while the other one's on charge. Um, and then, mm. you know, I've got two controllers there for when I play FIFA with my flatmate or if I want to play 
uh, something with Zoe. So all three controllers get a decent amount of use. But I know I'm I'm a you know hmm. a unique okay. <laughs> example. Most people don't know. <laughs> I've got one controller for my PS3. Never thought about getting a second controller for that. The only reason I've got two controllers for my Wii U is because it came with the second controller. Yeah. <laughs> no real intention to buy another controller for the uh, for the Switch either. So no, for me, well, I know I don't have a PS4, but. I do have a PS3, and yeah, the second PlayStation 3 controller is usually plugged into my PC, and I use it as <laughs> basically a controller on my PC for the games that don't quite like the Steam controller. Um, and even on the Wii, I did have, or do still have, um, two of the Wii Classic Pro controllers, and I don't think I've ever played anything where both of them have been used at the same time. It could be worth actually putting up a Twitter poll for this and just seeing how many people have the redundant controller. Yeah. <laughs> well, back in the day, like... When you know yeah the PlayStation One and a multi tap and yeah you've got a bunch of people oh god yeah like everyone would, micro machines yeah for, for like micro machines V three and stuff like that everyone would bring their controller with them usually yeah, yeah. or yeah. you go around your mate's house and he'd have like one good controller and then one of those like third party knockoff controllers that was always the player <laughs> two controller um but yeah I mean I play I don't really play anything other than um. I, no, I play the Wii U, uh, play Mario Kart split screen uh, with Zoe, and a few games on PS4, but apart from that, no. Gone are the days of uh, being able to play couch co-op with lots of people. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, anyway. To a degree, it's the, yeah. the games just don't necessarily exist. Well, the couch co-op games... Yeah, well, I know there are some, um, yeah. but obviously an awful lot of the bigger games won't have you that do have co-op aren't necessarily local ones they're more um online and pushing it down a more uh, cooperative thing and then whenever you start getting into team-based or squad-based games having that local co-op just isn't the same anymore no because you need an awful lot more on screen to be a lot you know more tactical and everything so putting it into quartered split screen um even on a big tv isn't necessarily going to work as well no 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 I just wish Overcooked would have a online patch so I can actually play that online. <laughs> That's coming, is it not? At some stage this I year? I don't possibly? know. I don't know. I Maybe. think I'd seen something. Uh, I really hope crossed. so. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of online games, yes, you've been playing some online genius this weekend, haven't you? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I, I partook. I think it was the only one of us that partook. In yes, the, um, you jammy bastard. <laughs> yeah, the Splatoon 2 Global Test Fire, because um, uh, you were working all weekend, weren't you, unfortunately? Yes. Yeah. Trials of a DJ. Yeah, um, it was kind of unfortunate, and I, I kind of I get why they did it, but it was on for, like, uh, certain hours. So, like, um, Friday night, it was on from 7 till 8, and then, like, 3 till 4 in the morning, and then 11 till 12 in the afternoon, and then... I think seven till eight, uh, Saturday evening, three till four, Sunday morning, and then eleven till twelve, or twelve till one, whatever it was. <laughs> like those, those were the only yeah. times that it was on. Yeah, like, like a GMT, and I can kind of see why they did that because it like forced people to be as many people as possible to be on the Splatoon two servers at the same time, rather than people being on here and there if it was running the whole weekend. Yeah, um, mm. but it did make it a little bit inconvenient. Yeah, they did it on the Wii U with the original Splatoon as well. Even before it came out, they did um, like a global test fire um, to try, the, you know, sort of put as much traffic onto the servers as possible. Well, at the three three o'clock and four o'clock in the morning makes sense as far as being able to play with Transatlantic. Yeah, uh, um, well, the, the, the I thought uh, I thought there may be some problems uh, specifically on the seven till eight o'clock one on Saturday, uh, yeah, because that's a time when we would have had like American and European people on at the same time and maybe some Japanese, I don't know. Um, but yeah. No, it's uh, like the glory days of Napster. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I had no, um, no problems whatsoever connecting. Like it would get a little bit shaky once the clock had gone past the moment uh, when it should have ended. Uh, and then they, oh, didn't, yeah. they didn't turn the servers off for like 10 minutes after 
the cutoff point uh, and getting into matches at that point was a little bit odd but I, I think most people just turned off at, <laughs> at the, 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 as the hour uh, passed um, despite the fact that you could still play but um, apart from that yeah, no problems no lag didn't get kicked out of any games um, Splatoon 2 is really good it's more of the same but with uh, some new mechanisms and some new weapons um, and new well a, a lot more like the like on a Splatoon one you had like the the guys inkling and the girl inklings had one hairdo each mm-hmm. and then now there's loads of different hairstyles and loads of different like customizable clothes and things like that um you were just assigned like a random girl or boy inkling at the beginning of each game and you had the choice of four weapon loadouts like the old uh old school um super soaker style assault rifle um the ink roller uh, the sniper rifle or oh, and the new thing which is like the jewel um the jewel splats or whatever they're called splat julies um a couple of like um short range smg super soaker ink squirters things mm-hmm. uh which were kind of cool because you had like a new mechanic in that. It's like when you were firing, if you uh, pressed B and a direction, then you would do like a combat roll in that direction. So you could dodge, dodge strafe left and right whilst you were firing. Um, which led me to, for the first time, um, actually turn on the motion controls and try and play it properly with motion controls rather than <laughs> getting through the tutorial and then immediately turning it off because I just couldn't get to grips with it. Uh, it took a couple of games to get used to that, but y- once I got into the swing of it, the motion controls are fucking great because you can just aim so much quicker. Really? Um, mm. Yeah, so much quicker. Like sniping, uh, it was. I found it impossible. So I never bothered with it because like I couldn't actually get point the cursor, um, the... the um, reticule at a uh, an enemy and get a shot off quick enough because Splatoon moves quite fast mm. uh, but being able to like jerk it around quite quickly and I think it's I got used to it quite quickly because I've been using a lot of motion controls in um, in Zelda uh, for uh, aiming the bow and arrow so I got to grips with that very quickly there's some new some really cool new um, supers like one of them is like you will you can lock on to for the inklings uh, and then fire like a barrage of of ink rounds into the air which will then splat down like a proper airstrike Um, there's another one which where you'll basically like go up on like a little jetpack and just fire explosive rounds of ink at the ground in front of you Um, and then there's another one where you can do like a Roman rain style like just punch into the ground which creates a big whirlpool of ink around you um yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Uh, the new music's really good as well. Uh, it looks, you know, shinier and cleaner than the last uh, Splatoon did, which was already an amazing-looking game. Mm. I've spoken about Splatoon so many times on on uh, on this podcast. I absolutely love that game, and I cannot wait for uh, this one to for Splatoon two to come out now. To the point when where it? uh, it's summer. It's slated. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. It's really annoying. Um, they haven't said anything more concrete than that, just the summer. That's what it still says mm. on the Wii U store. Um, but yeah, I had such fun with it. Like, I actually, uh, as soon as the last one finished, I booted up my Wii U for the first time since the Switch came out and played some original ah. um, Splatoon and mm. turned the motion controls on. Fucking kicked ass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just wanted to test just to know because I, I was doing really well in Splatoon 2 um, and I like I spoke to you guys in the DM and I was like I don't know whether this was because I'm really good or because it's full of noobs uh, <laughs> and we figured it was probably because it's full of noobs but then when I went back to Splatoon 2 I was doing pretty well on there as well so I don't know maybe I found a game I'm good at finally yeah <laughs> <laughs> no all you need to do is make it an eSport yeah <laughs> oh, I wish. Um, <laughs> oh, I'd wish. I'd wish for a game where everybody were a noob. Yeah, <laughs> I might actually be able to hold my own then. <laughs> Mario Kart Eight when it comes out, Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, because I bet there'll be people who haven't played a Mario Kart game in a long time and they'll just suck at it. Mm. Oh, you can only up as long as they don't want to play with you. Then they'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or Zoe. Yeah. It's all right, man. I, I'm, <sighs> I'm on motion controls. Uh, you know, I'm, I've switched over to that now. I'm, I'm fully converted, so now I'll be able to select a I'm using motion controls um, <laughs> emote in the, the lobby. I'll be one of those twats with a little golden steering wheel on the, on the, on the scoreboard. <laughs> right. I'm playing one other game, um, apart from Zelda. Uh, 
<laughs> I've been playing Mass Effect Andromeda. Before we get onto my thoughts, we have had a, an email in about this actually from my um, good friend Mike Dixon uh, at TestTube27 on Twitter. He sent an email entitled Mass Age Andromeda Inquisition Effect. <laughs> and he says, a Mass Effect Andromeda's world is boring. Uh, really, really boring. And I Ooh. think I know why. Uh, in my opinion, The Witcher 3's world is the standard that all open worlds should be judged by. It's a world so brilliantly designed that it feels, well, not designed. Uh, to best explain, I'll describe my standard journey through both worlds. Loading up The Witcher 3, I could be in a dense woodland surrounded by wildlife, a pack of wolves would be hunting nearby, and the only other people I would encounter would be a small group of hunters as I travelled. The woodland would gradually start to fade away as I entered open country... Perhaps it'd even be a small stream for me to follow. The stream would lead to a farm with a water mill attached. Children would be playing in the cornfields and a merchant would be passing by following a nearby dirt track. The track might become a road as we reach the outskirts of a small town. In the centre of the town, there'd be a notice board uh, for local work. Maybe a blacksmith or even a tavern, if I'm lucky. Old washerwomen would be standing in their gardens, exchanging gossip. Gruff men enjoying an ale after a hard day's labours in the field. The world makes sense and feels alive. This is not the case in Mass Effect Andromeda. Each map looks like the geography was built first and then Bioware have just dropped random assets in afterwards. Enemy strongholds are made from the same four cookie-cutter buildings and every enemy base is made of and most stand by 50 feet away from friendly strongholds. Uh, Both are populated with maybe three or four NPCs that are best described as mannequin people. They stand perfectly still. Sometimes they stare at the odd monitor or tablet, uh, but most just stare into space. One NPC tasked me with rescuing vital research from the impregnable fortress deep in the jungle. This later turned out to be a building within view of the NPC and consisted of two enemies standing by a bush. (laughs) You can see why I'm disappointed. After 10 plus hours of playing Andromeda, I think it may have broken me. I've removed it from the PS4 and I'm not sure if I'll ever put put it back. In a world where The Witcher 3 and Horizon exist, Bioware's latest offering just isn't up to snuff. Look forward to your thoughts, guys. Keep up the great work. Mike Dixon. P.S. Don't even get me started on those uh, Nintendo 64 level animations. Um, So, I agree with some of what Mike says. Uh, Some of it kind of... Well, okay, let's get the bad out of the way. Uh, so, everybody knows about the player animations by now. Everyone's seen the GIFs about the char- the face animations for the characters uh, and how shonky they look. Um, yep. mouth ah, mo- I like them. Mouth <laughs> movements look weird. Eyes look weird. Uh, eye- characters' eyes dart around all over the place when they're having a conversation, which is really off-putting. Um, Cutscenes have got um, lots of judder and frame rate issues. Sometimes you're having, uh, you're walking along uh, an area, and a character will be saying something, and then you move, you go through a door, and then they'll just stop talking mid sentence, and you have no idea. You you can't get them to start saying what they were saying again. Um, the core group of characters at the very beginning are boring, but to be fair they have been in every Mass Effect game in Mass Effect 1 you've got Ashley and Caden one of whom was boring the other one was boring and racist um, <laughs> in Mass Effect 2 uh, you got two starting characters one of which was good the other one was boring as hell uh, and in Mass Effect 3 <laughs> the two starting characters you would get with with you, you know alongside your main character were both boring as fuck as well um, so I don't know maybe it's just a the you know uh, a, a pattern that they're sticking with. Um, the problem, the main problems are that it's just basically a there's a lack of polish, which is not normal for Bioware. Mm-hmm. Like um, the facial animations are wonkier than they were in the original Mass Effect, which came out in two thousand and seven. So decade-old animations on 360 oh, and PS3 yeah. look better than the ones they do on um, on, on the PS4. I'm running on the PS4 Pro, and, uh, and it's still it's still wonky, and they're still like uh, when the camera cuts to a new character, like the texture of their skin will slowly pop in whilst they're talking. Okay, um, that's awful. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's just... It, it is. It's, it's really annoying because it take it, like, it takes you out of the you know it pulls you out the immersion of the game there's lots of little niggles and things like that that i could complain about and mike is right about npcs kind of standing around and not doing anything but Mm. 
that's kind of what NPCs have always done in the Bioware yeah. game. It was the same in the Dra- Dragon Age games and in the last three Mass Effect games. It's just that now in a world that Witcher 3 and Horizon Zero Dawn and games like that, uh, you know, in, in, the, in a world that those games exist, it's kind of like the bar's been raised uh, and Bioware have not, the Bioware have come in very far below that bar. Um, I think compared to the, the the original three, it's not that much worse, really. Um, apart from the, the you know few technical issues, which I think was just because the game was rushed out um, before the end of the financial year. It I know it's been in development for five years, but it probably needed another couple of months of polishing, um, which I'd have been quite happy with because I could have cleared some other games out of the way. Um, but <laughs> so yeah, I, I loaded the game up on uh, Thursday night and played a couple of hours and at the end of that evening I was like this is shit I'm really not enjoying it the character animations are awful uh, the first couple of hours of storyline is just dull and it's like after like really interesting opening in the first Mass Effect and then explosive openings in Mass Effect 2 and Mass Effect 3 it's like you expect like a big opening uh, and you don't get that in Mass Effect Andromeda but then as I've played more and started to feel my way into it a bit more it's kind of grown on me um, probably for the wrong reasons. This one feels more like, and this, Kev, this is where your ears will prick up. Um, it feels more like Star Trek than Ooh. any Mass Effect game has before. Um, mm. But uh, when I say that, I mean like a, a, a com- say coming off the back of the next generation and then watching a new Star Trek series that isn't quite as good uh, doesn't quite have the same yeah. sort of budget so it's, it's basically uh, like Voyager then yeah basically it's like Voyager <laughs> it's a bit uh, you know it's a bit silly um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense like some of the character dialogue is a bit like really <laughs> really would you say that here okay whatever mate but then like there's moments it's like uh, so you know the, the premise of, of the story is like um uh between the um mass effects one and mass effects two um there was the andromeda initiative like a bunch of arcs uh human turian salarian asari blah 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 all going off a 600 year journey uh, over to the andromeda galaxy um so at the beginning of the game you wake up and uh you f- there's a an accident um you find the the nexus which is basically the big hub that everyone was supposed to that was sent out uh, first uh, and you get there and find that they've been there for like 14 months waiting for the the arcs to turn up um and in that time there's been uh, uh some accidents which of course like all of the established leadership to die so now they've got like a sort of shaky leadership there's been a, a mutiny people have been exiled um and they've had a run-in with one of the local civilizations, one of the local alien species. Uh, and then you're, the human arc is the only one that turns up. The other ones are missing. Um, so it sets up like quite an interesting story. And then it, do, it does kind of go full-on Star Trek. <laughs> like, so, uh, where I've, I'm trying to not give any spoilers away, but like, there's two kind of there's two alien species that you've that I've come across so far in the, the new alien species I've come across so far in the Andromeda galaxy, one of whom uh, I've only just met, so I don't know much about them. The other the other lot are like they're the nasty guys, um, and they are basically Klingons, yeah, um, uh, or you know whatever any any sort of like nasty uh, race from Star Trek, yeah. And there the was a moment where guys. like. Yeah, stock bad guys. And there was like a perfect Star Trek moment uh, in when I was playing it yesterday. So I was warping to a new system to go and have a look at some of the worlds to see if any of them were viable for um, populating. And you jump out of, um, come out of, you know, light speed, mm. and then boom, you're in front of uh, a massive enemy ship and a few other ones around it. And like you get hailed uh, over the radio by like their leader. And one of the characters on the ship goes turns to your character and says captain they're 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 scanning us and he says well scan them back (laughs) (laughs) and then you have like the textbook escape through the nearby asteroid cluster whilst other ships follow you and crash into the asteroids and whatnot and it's just like (laughs) it's like it's a i'm just treating it as like a kind of badly written cheesy saturday afternoon sci-fi pulp nonsense (laughs) fan fiction and 
Yeah, yeah. And if you look at it like that, it's like it's it's nowhere near the storytelling isn't anywhere near on the level of the original Mass Effect trilogy. But once I accepted that and just kind of you know accepted it was going to be a bit dumb and super schlocky and kind of really enjoying it (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's got some problems and i can i understand why people are really disappointed in i i kind of am disappointed in it because i know bioware can do better um they have done better they did better 10 years ago with the first mass effect (laughs) but uh well in some aspects um I will say that the combat, um, which is quite a large part of the game, feels much tighter and much more fun than any Mass Effect game has before. There's a lot more mobility because you've got a little jump jet. That means you can like jump up in the air and you can uh, do like a short-range dash in any direction. Um, and instead of being locked into a particular class that you select at the beginning of the game, you now have access to all of them and you can switch them on the fly. Um, I, I am, I'm having quite a bit of fun with it. Uh I don't know whether the story is gonna be is gonna hold me enough to get me through the whole game, <laughs> uh, but so far, yeah, I'm just it's just big and dumb and fun. Mm. Have we any idea about playtime yet or not? How long? Um, I imagine it's gonna be it's, you know your usual, probably about fifty hours. Oh, okay. Do you think he's getting a lot of vitriol about it because there's been so much expectation hoisted upon it, or do you think it is genuinely just a poor design and a poor game? It's I mean, not as good as the previous Mass Effect games. Simple mm, as that. It's yeah. like uh, if this game, if this was the first one, and it had been put out by a studio that didn't have pedigree in this, this then then you know, I could people probably would have been a little bit more forgiving. But because it's Bioware, because they have a heritage making this sort of game, they've made like you know the the, the Mass Effect series. The, the, the original mm. trilogy was fantastic, right up until the final fifteen minutes of the third one. <laughs> um, and the the Dragon Age series, Dragon Age Two, the gameplay wise was a bit near, but like the story was fantastic. And Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Inquisition are both both great games, uh, and they made great games before then. I mean, like Bioware was you know the guys that did uh, Co- the Kotor series. Um, uh, yeah, it's just the, the, it's even more infuriating given the fact that like this game had the weight of EA behind it, and it took five years and a reported $40 million to make, and it's still full of these problems. Whereas The Witcher 3 took maybe around about the same time, maybe a little bit less. Um, CD Projekt Red do not have that kind of money to throw around. They get Mm. help from the Polish government. They don't have that kind of money to throw around, Mm. and there's only 100 of them in that studio. Um, And then um, Guerrilla Games uh, in the Netherlands, who had only really made a series of middling first-person shooters come along and make their first open-world RPG and just knock it out of the park with Horizon Zero Dawn. Mm. Um, It's just, compared to those, it's just a bit disappointing. But I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of enjoying it. It's, it's, uh, yeah, like... Um, yeah, I, I've, I always have I have a, a soft spot for like trashy films and trashy TV. I know it's shit, <laughs> uh, but I kind of enjoy it. Like, do you have either of you ever watched the TV show called The Blacklist? Uh, no, I don't think so. No, it's a fucking awful FBI show, but it's got James Spader in it. So, <laughs> Not <fair enough>. yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. It's like it's this is bit trashy and a bit dumb and the, the story's not particularly great but some of the characters are fucking mm. brilliant so i'll just stick with it and you know have fun yeah, fair enough out of the three then what's your recommendation uh for a lapsed gamer um <sighs> splatoon 2 <laughs> when it comes out when it comes out um yeah yeah i, d- I don't know lego worlds maybe like um if you, oh, I don't know. If you want to build something spectacular, it's going to take a significant amount of time. But if you just want to dick about with a friend mm-hmm. um, online or in couch co-op, then that's good fun. Uh, but Splatoon 2 is just like, it's the ultimate pick-up-and-go shooter because like the matches last three minutes, mm-hmm. like a rigid three minutes. They won't ever last longer than that. There's no overtime or anything like that. It just ends. Um, so you can like pick up and play like one game or sit and play for hours and hours as I have done in the past. Um, and it's just bright and colourful and, and really fun. And, oh, God, I love Splatoon. 
<laughs> so yeah, if you've got a Switch, when it comes out in the summer, it'll probably be way too expensive, but buy it. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's all I've been playing. Except I am going to fuck your shit up. How's that for great? Pathfinder, I am tracking multiple inbound cat cruisers. You will all be exalted. Sam, is there an off switch to this horror palace? Just a couple of other points from the wide world of gaming stuff that's happened over the last uh, week or so. Uh, first of all, um, Salt and Sanctuary, which by all means is supposed to be a very, very good 2D love letter to Dark Souls that came out on uh, PC and PS4 and maybe Xbox One. Um, mm. It's coming to Vita next week. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, if you know you're one of the people that hasn't completely moved over to the Switch and left their Vita to gather dust now, you've got something you need to play on that. Um, I was going to say, is this an actual Dark Souls, a deliberate Dark Souls homage, as opposed to yes. every game is compared to Dark Souls? No, no, it is. It's definitely it's like an homage okay. to Dark Souls, That's basically. Okay. <laughs> like, they have bonfires, and when you die, you have to go back to where you die to collect your, your, oh, okay. your souls and everything. Like, um, But all presented in 2D. Uh, it looks really cool. Um, I might play it at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Destiny 2 has been officially announced today and various corners of the internet are collectively losing their minds over it, which <laughs> I don't understand because we've known this for ages. Yeah. Um, we always knew that, that Destiny 2 was probably going to be coming out this year. What are we calling it? Are we calling it Destiny? Destiny, yeah. That's what <laughs> oh, they should have done. Nice one. Um no, they're going with Destiny 2. Uh, so boring. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's coming out later this year. Uh, apparently the rumours are true that it's going to be like, going to like wipe... Your, well, you're starting again from scratch, basically, with Destiny 2, because it's coming to PC this time as well. Oh, okay. uh, which is one of the main reasons why I've stopped playing Destiny, because nothing I do matters anymore. So, it's <laughs> giving me a good excuse to stop playing that. Hang on, Mark, Mark, Mark. Backtrack a little bit. Hang on. You stop playing Destiny because nothing else matters anymore and yet we do a gaming <laughs> podcast <laughs> no, no no well yeah no no nothing nothing i do in destiny will carry over to destiny 2 so it's like why bother continuing like why play any game none of it carries over uh, yeah i know but i've but like i've exhausted all the content that i like there's no point like continuously oh, playing yeah. the same race That's over and over again to get the top level top tier gear when it's going to be wiped and start again in Destiny 2 but anyway that's the reason why I broke the habit why bother you're going to die anyway (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) fuck it just stay in bed um the only other bit of uh, interesting news tattle I saw um was that Starcraft Remastered is coming out uh this summer uh which I'm probably the only one here who gives a shit about. Yeah, I was going to say, did yeah. they not release like a remaster version five years ago and just called it StarCraft 2? Uh, oh, <laughs> shots fired. No, no, Burn. StarCraft 2 Starcraft was a continuation of the story. Oh, and right, they okay. did a lot of stuff and it was like fully in 3D and everything. Whereas this one just looks like it's still in 2D, but they've like zhuzhed up the graphics and everything and it's still like the original StarCraft and I assume it will have the Brood War expansion. And like StarCraft and the Brood War expansion together, or even just like StarCraft on its own originally, original Starcraft on his own would be in my top 10 games of all time like I fucking love that game um and like you know it's probably the game that started started off you know esports as a serious sort of thing because that was the game that that people started playing competitively for lots of money in South Korea mm. uh, and then became a thing all around the world and then other games followed on from that I mean like if, if you look at like uh, I know it wasn't Starcraft per se but Dota was uh, a mod for uh, Warcraft 3 which is another Blizzard RTS game um, so yeah Starcraft is incredible and if it is a simple you know, slightly zhuzhed up 2D version. It'll probably run on my MacBook, so mm. when it comes out, you won't hear from me for a few months. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, neither of you bothered about StarCraft at all. No. I still have the original no. discs for the originals kicking around somewhere, so I'm oh, sure. Oh, mate, play it. It's so good. <laughs> it's it's a really good It's a really good sci-fi story on built onto a cracking um one of the best still one of the best like uh, point and click RTS games 
He doesn't have a Windows 95 computer anymore. Uh, well, no, you say that, but I do have a <laughs> Windows 95 drive somewhere. <laughs> uh, it still works. Like, um, I bought the uh, one of the first special editions I ever bought, actually, was uh, StarCraft II Wings of Liberty, which came with a uh, USB drive shaped like one of the main characters' dog tags, and on there was StarCraft, uh, original StarCraft and Brood War, and they worked fine in Steam. Oh, okay. On uh, Windows... XP, I think I was running at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those games you probably already pick them up on on GOG, yeah, more than uh, or Steam. So they'll probably still work. But yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to playing the remastered version for sure because mm. I fucking love me some StarCraft. In other news, there has been 98 games released on Steam this week. <laughs> this week, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Let's <laughs> just taking piss. Yeah. <laughs> How many of them are awful? <laughs> I have no idea. Probably quite a few. Probably most of them, yeah. <laughs> Possibly. I I was reading through the list with Kev and I maybe recognised three or four of the names out of yeah. a possible 98. And again, that's only because I follow quite a few different devs and things on Twitter. So for Steam recommendations, I usually turn to Twitter and eventually end up wishlisting um, bits here and there just because they actually post screenshots and things. But yeah, 98 games. That's far too many. Yeah, far too many. No quality control on Steam. No. No. Uh, yeah, there's nothing else interesting that's happening in the world of gaming. Really, no. Zelda continues to be amazing. Yep, play Zelda. How do I get out of this chicken shit outfit? Get in contact with the usual means. You know, by now, Twitter at LapsGamer. You can email us LapsGamerRadio at gmail dot com and lapsgamer.com for all the written stuff. And we won't tell you where to find the podcast because you've obviously found it somehow. <laughs> um, yeah. Send us a, an email or a tweet if you if you got any thoughts. Um, want anything read out on the show? Uh, and that's it. Goodbye. Goodbye. Ta-ta. No, it's, it's my port delivery. I'd forgotten. <laughs> Is that not just a tanker, though? <laughs> just stick it into the, the, port, the port tanker in the back. <laughs> yeah, it's just fleeing vitro. <laughs>